Welcome back, everyone, to the 99% Realistic Podcast. First, um, we'd like to just address our absence. Um, COVID, of course, school, lack of motiv- motivation, and many other personal reasons have kind of altered us from being able to record. And laziness. And laziness, of course, since our last... When was our last one? Like November last, last year. November last year, so it's been quite a while. Um, however, we are back now. But today we're going to be just something a little bit different. We'll be doing an interview with Cynthia Spittle from... Uh, I work for Emerge Aotearoa in a part-time role as their rainbow partner. So that's looking at uh, rainbow responsiveness in the organisation, making sure that it's safe for rainbow staff to work there, safe for rainbow people to access our services, and also to build um, networks with other pride organisations. And I also, um, locally, for the last four years, I've been chairing the North Canterbury Pride Committee, which puts on an annual picnic in Victoria Park. Awesome, awesome. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Generalised info, you've done that. Um, how did you first become involved with the Pride Picnic? Oh, look, it was one of those random ideas <laughs> over a glass of wine. Um, so the Christchurch Pride event, which is always a march for about 10 days, follows on other major Pride events around the country. So there's a couple of months, February, March, that are New Zealand's Pride focus. And some of us over a glass of wine, group of friends, got together and and I said, wouldn't it be great to do something out here to raise the profile? And so then we thought, well, we could just pack a picnic hamper and bring a flag or two down to Victoria Park, and that was cool. And so then we thought, well, we'd better make sure there's not competing events on at the park, so we'd better book it. And then that meant we had to get involved with health and safety planning and get indemnity insurance. And then we liaised with Christchurch Pride to see if we could be on their calendar and they were very enthusiastic. And we sought local sponsorship um, for promo materials and we thought about um, making sure we particularly wanted rainbow people in North Canterbury to have a place that they knew, hey, we exist out here, we're visible, we're proud, and it's safe to come here. Yeah. And, um, of course, a couple of years ago, there was all that controversy about whether police should be in uniform at our picnics and so on. Um, But the young people that we talked to were really clear that they felt safer if there was a police presence. Absolutely. um, Because they experience... um, homophobia and transphobia at school and in their communities which was pretty sad to hear to yeah. be honest yeah but um we were really mindful of that so as a picnic committee we took a stance that we would invite the police yeah the local uh, community cops and the rainbow liaison police um that upset some people in the wider rainbow community and so we're just really clear now that when we advertise that there will be potentially a police presence and other people can choose whether or not to come. Yep. Um, and also, in, because of all the stuff about indemnity and security and so on, um, most of the other Pride events for the Pride Festival in Christchurch happen in venues which have their own security and ability to yep. um, monitor access. And that means many of them are in adult venues. Yeah. And... Qtopia um, and Kindred, which is a support group for parents of younger children, mm-hmm. have worked closely with 
um, the library, Tūranga, to in the last couple of years to have some child-friendly events. But there's a big gap in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, this year we're looking, well, for next year, we're looking to partner with Qtopia yep. and make it a joint venture. For whoever's listening, could you elaborate on who Qtopia is oh, and sure. what, they, yeah, that, yeah. what they are for? Sure. So Qtopia is a Christchurch-based um, rainbow peer organisation which primarily focuses on youth and there are a number of things that they do under the Qtopia brand. Um, So the parent and younger children support that I talked about before was independent but then they wanted to come under the Qtopia umbrella. Um, Qtopia runs support groups which some of which have a, a general rainbow focus young people and then they also have support groups for transgender people and yep. and they tend to run them in age bands so 13 to 18 and then 18 to 30. Um, they do a lot of work with schools, yep. they do a lot of work supporting individual students who might be gender transitioning in their school for instance so they work with the school to um, Sometimes schools aren't aware of the Ministry of Education guidelines and procedures around that. Um, so Qtopia will work with them and provide education and one-on-one support for yep. students. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. The clarification of any international viewers are out there, we are based in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. just, Thank just you. clarifying that, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, Although, funnily enough, during our COVID uh, level 4 lockdown and Qtopia had to switch their support groups online, yeah. and they did have people joining in from Australia. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suppose that says something, doesn't it? Yeah. Why do you initially believe that the committee is necessary? Uh, well, basically because organising a picnic is too much for what we've <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also, yeah. Um, look, I had a very strong philosophy that the breadth of the rainbow community needed to be represented in what we did. Yeah. So initially there were co-chairs and we made sure there were uh, gay, lesbian, transgender, um, by age range mm-hmm. in the group as well. Um, over time, people, have, uh, other life things have meant that some of our previous committee members have left and we're currently looking for more. Um, and we also felt very strongly that this should be a rainbow straight ally yep. thing because it represents our total community so we've also got um, very strong support on the committee and, and the practical day-to-day running of the picnic from um, straight people in the community as well. Yeah. Mm. So do you have any plans or things you want to change in the committee that they are unaware of currently? That the committee's not aware yeah. of? Do I have any plans? Just like anything massively. Like it could be like the deletion of the entire idea. Just anything. No, 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 no. Um, look, we've, we're pretty committed to the idea. The issue is one of energy. So this Absolutely. year we were late getting started to organise next year's one. But I think it's a fixture. And we also get such positive feedback Absolutely. from other people about the picnic. I think there'd be... A bit of an outcry if we stopped having it actually. <laughs> I, th- I thought that, um, because I'm part of the committee, that when we were discussing moving it forwards in the year, I thought that that could affect people's perception of it as we discussed. Yes. Do, you, yes. do you agree with that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
It's one of those random ideas that suddenly took on a life of its own. Yeah, and yeah. And unfortunately, I'm a bit prone to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fear, fear. Um, moving forwards, I'd like to ask a few questions about Pride and Rangiora, New Zealand, and then more nationally. Do you feel that we're far from holding equality here in Rangiora? Oh, a very long way. Very long very way? Very long way. Like, it's really interesting to me. I looked at your 2020 school yearbook yeah. in the foyer when I was waiting. Yep. I couldn't find anything in that yearbook that would indicate that this was a welcoming place oh, really? for rainbow students. Really? There's nothing, well, I only flipped through it, right? Yeah. And the, about the titles and the categories, there was nothing about even the broad concept of diversity and inclusion. Really? Yeah. So that invisibility, you know, sometimes people say, well, of course we welcome everybody, and yes, we're a safe school. But unless you make that visible, yeah. how would people know? Ex- I, yeah. I haven't seen a rainbow flag on my way wandering through the school. Miss Malcolm, Julia Malcolm, yeah. she, um, during the school's Pride Week, which was November, was it? Yes, yes. She had a um, huge pride flag up in her window, so I suppose that's, but it's yeah. only a week of the yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but during like Pride Month, most of like the deputy principals and all of that, they put up a flag and it's not... So that's good. It's not yeah. much, but yeah. it's, it's better than nothing. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree that. Because if I, yeah. you know, I thought about my, myself as a parent and when my own children and my stepchildren were going to school, if I had a... Um, a gender diverse uh, child, which I do, but we didn't know that at that time. Yeah. Um, then I'd want to be. I'd be scanning for those kind of indicators yeah. of welcomeness. Yeah. Um, not to make a big song and dance about it, but just a little nod here or there and go, ah, okay, we're putting that out there. Yeah. Um, and in order whilst you know around the picnic, we've generally had a lot of support and. Um, businesses have been willing to contribute and put up posters and places like the library have out in the library you know, in conjunction with schools pride week usually um, so and and I've been in our previous picnics our local MP and mayor and some of the councillors have made a real effort to be present and visible and support yeah which is great um, and the local St John Ambulance Brigade and so on. Uh, so I think support is there, it's just not visible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also I work in the, you know, for many, many years I've worked in the mental health setting and people um, are still approaching me to know who would be safe to refer a young person to who's questioning their gender or sexuality and I have no idea. Because there's general counselling, mm-hmm. and I and I certainly have some contacts further north in Canterbury who would be okay, but nobody is saying that on their information. Yeah. So it's all word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you were starting out from scratch, it'd be really hard to know where to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just on that, I just had a question that just came to mind. Um, you mentioned earlier about looking for new committee members and then talking about like ways people can reach out. Would you consider having like someone with like a really good mental health background that also works in Pride on the committee so then they could be like a direct helpline? 
Oh, okay. That. Being a helpline for mental health. Yeah, that's yeah. on. They they work on the committee and they work on mental health really strongly. Um, that, I just thought that could. Yeah, well, that was my background. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, so someone like that. Yeah, yeah, and we have Kath Finch, who's a local councillor, yeah. who comes along to our picnics as a ally support, yeah. and she's always in our information tent on the picnic yeah. to be available to talk to people and families yeah. and parents and so on, and, and has generally been quite busy yeah. with people wanting to come up to her. We've thought it is important to have that role there. Yeah. 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 So because my background was in specialist mental health, mm-hmm. and there are more, like you have to go through hoops with GPs and so on yeah. to get into specialist mental yeah. health. Yeah. We thought it was more important to have people who were working in the community uh, visible and accessible. Um, So on the committee, uh, another person who previously was on the committee from the Huranui has a really strong rainbow background as well as um, school-based mental health. Oh, yeah. Um, But she and her partner are moving north, so, yeah, I don't know because I don't want the I want the picnic to be a general community fun event, yeah. Not a social service or mental health event. Absolutely get that, yeah. But we recognise that there might be mental distress that need that we can't ignore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it might not be mental ill health as it were, but a level of mental distress or questioning and. Certainly we've had parents come along and check um, us out through the information tent to work out whether it was an okay event to drop the young person at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's important to be upfront and transparent. Yeah. And I think they're sometimes surprised when we look boringly ordinary. Why do you think young people, especially our ages, are so against us having equality? Help. That's <laughs> no, very... Um, I don't know if they're that against it. Some will. So yeah, I'll talk about that generally. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think what I experience is much more of the who are we to judge um, a person is who they are um, and it's not a big deal. Kind of. That, that's a more general approach among younger people. You know, why are we making a big deal out of it? I think, however, there are communities where there are very strong um, ideological beliefs or religious beliefs or cultural beliefs that uh, have a view that only some people are acceptable. So that I think young people... So if a young person is growing up in that environment and they are being uh, socialised and supported with those views, um, then they are likely to hold them. So it applies to racism, applies to sexism, it applies to religious diversity and so on. in, in mental health stigma and discrimination, we talk about this thing called the power of contact, which means, let's say you hold prejudicial ideas about people with mental health issues, then you personally know someone who you really like, and they're a really cool person, and they manage their mental health issues in ways that mean they're still able to be your friend or um, 
get on and have school and all of that kind of stuff, then you start challenging your stereotype. And I think it's the same with rainbow people. Yeah. So um, when you know someone who you really like, then when you encounter prejudicial ideas, it's harder to maintain them. Yeah. So an example um, from my own life is my partner has a friend from the North Island and they were really good friends um, when her children were small and this friend is now um, belongs to a very uh, conservative religious church or actually it's not that conservative but her congregation is conservative yeah. and uh, a visiting minister came and preached at that church and she happened to be an openly lesbian minister. And so some of the parishioners got a bit hoo-ha about this and in their Bible groups were preaching about the evilness of same-sex relationships and so on. And this friend of ours sat there really uncomfortable and wanted rang and wanted to talk it through. And I said, well, it's about, do you feel safe if the things you believe and know to be true of the people you care about are being denigrated. What does that say about you being safe in that setting? So finally, after several weeks of this, um, she actually stood up, felt confident to say, well, actually, I disagree, and I know these people, and they're really lovely, and have got horns on their heads, and they yeah, yeah. babies, and yeah. things like that. And so, um, so it was because she knew us, yeah. she was able to say, well, actually, what you're saying doesn't apply. I know it doesn't apply because I'm not true of these people. And so I think it's exposure to that prejudice. That, And also, I think sometimes people are searching for certainty and lots of questions about who am I, what is the world, where are we going? And what we know is that people who are anxious about the future or their place in the world tend to have more black and white thinking. So then they can't think about views or even um, tolerate views that are different than their own because it raises more questions and uncertainty. Yeah. So we know that about voting. (laughs) And and patterns of voters, you know. the kind of thinking patterns of people who vote for particular political parties. Yeah, yeah. A lot of in-depth research around that. And it's true in this too, you know. Yeah. Since you just brought up politics, do you feel that our current government, like, um, supports LGBTQ rights or, like, has the best interest in mind? Yes, I do. do. I do. And I think that some of the lack of progress in the last term yeah. um, was due to the... Um, the nature of multi-party government yeah Yeah. Um, and there are more LGBTQI plus people in Parliament than ever before there are more allies Um, you know the world didn't the sky didn't drop on the (laughs) when when same-sex marriage was introduced so people have learned that actually it's not such a big deal yeah Um, there are still significant areas of legal discrimination that actually we've been criticised by the United Nations for around uh, human rights and the protection of children, particularly that things like conversion therapy and um, unconsented surgery on intersex minors and so on. 
and there's been a lobby to make sure that our human rights legislation explicitly includes gender diversity and expression, not yep. just gender. Yeah. Um, so I think I think there's a momentum and uh, the right political will. This. Because actually you need a government that is values-based and isn't scared to rock boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How has pride changed since you were our age? Absolutely. Or how? Well, it's more visible for a start. Yeah. You know? I went to an all-girls school and um, honestly, you know, I, feel, I look back and I feel really sorry for some of our teachers. There are teachers who I know now were um, gay or lesbian and they had to be so closeted and also if you were a girl in a relationship with another girl that would have been absolutely top secret was there a type of did you ever see like punishment for that or a form of bullying for that or torment um you might get questioned by the teachers about your particularly strong friendship with someone so that only ah yeah 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 um, I, I went to Christchurch Girls High School and even oh, maybe 40, 50 years on, there was still the legacy of um, the two girls who had this kind of delusional friendship, supposedly, and ended up murdering the mother of one of them. So you might have heard of the film Heavenly Creatures. Yep. That was based on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And so that fear and anxiety left a legacy at that school. Yeah, I, I could, yeah, oh my God. I, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, decades on. Yeah, that uh, impacted them, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, did you ever have a gay role model or someone in the LGBTQ community while you were growing up? Like someone, because now you have like all the celebrities. Not that, knowingly, no. Nothing? Not knowingly. Not like no. even like, well, that I wasn't famous? Change. Just someone close to you that was like a role model that was out and... There were people who were role models but they weren't out. So no one. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. really says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think if I had, I would have come out a lot earlier in my life. Yeah, because yeah. when you have that person in that kind of position, you feel safer because you're yes. not alone and if they're like as famous or they're just well known, you feel more comfortable because... Yes, they're higher you're not up. alone. Exactly, and they're yeah. higher up, so they have yeah. feel like there's more power with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I was a teenager, I was, in my early 20s, I was a, a youth group leader in a church. Oh, yeah. So, you know, any feelings I had about other girls, yeah. you know, I suppressed as fast really? as they and did, <laughs> arose. Did, having, yeah. did being like a um, youth leader, was it? Yeah. Was that like being... In the church, did you feel constantly that you were wrong, or no? Just that those feelings or images were wrong. So you had that. Not that me personally. Was so the wrong. feeling was that. Yeah. So it was in your head that it was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, if people would like to find out more about you, the <laughs> committee, or picnic, where should they look? Um, we've got a Facebook page. Yep. For the um, North Canterbury Pride picnic. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and there's an email northcanterrypride at yahoo.com thank you <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs> need to be a can <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
um, yeah, they would be the best ways to yep. contact yeah. us. And we have this Instagram as well? Yes, and Instagram. And that's yep. just North Canterbury Pride, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so um, actually one of the students here is a social media person on the committee. Um, I won't name her because I don't know how she feels about being outed in a podcast. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, um, but she's pretty wizzy and she manages our yep. Instagram yep, and is. Facebook and email accounts and stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. Because you've got to remember when I first encountered computers, one computer would take up a huge room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we did everything with punch cards. Oh, so we punch made... Cards. What are punch cards? Oh, they're a piece of cardboard with, um, uh, like, slightly perforated gaps on it. So you, and it was like the basic coding. So you could, you'd punch out a hole and then, uh, and depending on the pattern of the random series of holes, you'd feed it into the computer and that would give it instructions. We've come a long way. Such a long way. Oh, absolutely. So people like me need digital natives to do our Instagram (laughs) (laughs) accounts. We'll hire someone else for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Let's stick to our best skill (laughs) base. Awesome. All right, we'll wrap that up there. Is there anything else you'd like to say or mention? Anything? Um, Just that I, um, you know, I'm really excited that in 2020, year 10 students could do a podcast interview on this topic. That is so different. Yeah. You could not have done that when I was your age. Yeah. And there's possibly some places you still couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. So kudos to both of you. Thank you. And kudos to the school. And um, it's all about making sure it's a safe, welcoming place for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We'd just like to say thank you for yeah, coming and you. being here for us. Um, no, you didn't, you didn't have to, so we genuinely appreciate that. Thank you again. And we'll end it there. Pleasure. <laughs>